Welcome to episode 104 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce Sharply. Hello. And Matt Casal. Hello. It is Tuesday night, May 12th, and with us tonight is special guest Dominic Yossi. Hello. This past weekend, myself, Matt, and Dominic spent four glorious days in the city of brotherly love. Really Philly. glorious? Philly? I had a fucking blast. Yeah, I had Maybe a blast. glorious I had a little blast. Much, but I had yeah. a fucking great time. We spent four days at Wizard World Philadelphia. We filled up on Wild Bill's root beer, Sarsaparilla six shooter, Blazing Black Cherry. Matt has his his silver his I thought it was gonna have way more tea. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was because be crisp. Matt is drinking out of his, his silver mug. I was gonna use mine, but I didn't want to make Ian feel bad for not being there with us. Sorry, I forgot Ian. mine. I came straight from work, or so, I had mine too. So I'm drinking out of my customary beer goblet. Me too. Cheers, sir. That's how you do it. So this episode, we're gonna run down all the events of Wizard World Philadelphia. It was a huge, huge show. It was the first time we've done a big show like this. We got to meet a lot of really cool creators, and we even got to sit down and interview artist extraordinaire Ethan Van Skyver. Uh, thanks to him in advance for really hooking us up and wanting to sit down and, and giving us a, a nice little interview to, to add in here. But before we get to Comic-Con goodness, we do housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. I'd like to welcome all the new fans to the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. You can go to McSauce.com. It's the hub for our webcomic that spawned this beautiful podcast. We do comic book reviews as well as have this podcast on every, every Wednesday. It might be Thursday this week. We don't know what's going to be happening. If you go to McSauce.com, you can find our Twitter handles. We update right on the page. For the podcast, you can go to iTunes. You can go to Stitcher Radio if you don't have an Apple device. If you prefer the old-fashioned Android phone and you want to get your... Hey. You want to get your podcasting done that way, go there. We're hosted on Hotomatic. Com, so you can go there and download or stream our site and some of the classic episodes because we do have over a hundred podcasts at this point. We have to splice them up a little bit and put some on Libsyn.com. So if you go to McSauce.Libsyn.com, you can find the classic episodes on each one of those different platforms. Please rate and review us. It always helps us with, uh, with the visibility of this podcast if you give us a nice rating and a nice review there. And as most of you know, because we had a gigantic upswing in likes this week, Facebook is a great place that you can find some of the updates and join the conversation. If you go to facebook.com forward slash McSauce, then you can like our page. You'll be updated every day on all the McSauce happenings. So I'd like to really thank everybody. Over the weekend at Wizard World in Philadelphia, we received 85 new likes. So thank you to 
all 85 of you that liked our page and now is you're able to join in in the McSauce conversation. This upcoming weekend, May 15th through 17th, we will be in Altoona, Pennsylvania for the Sci-Fi Valley Convention. The Big Tuna. I don't know if they really call it that, but that's what I call it. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Blair County Convention Center. They will have a whole host of guests. It looks like most of them are vehicles, like the 67 Impala from Supernatural. I can't wait. Mystery Machine, go fuck yourself. 67 Supernatural Impala, it's fucking go time. We'll be there as well, so you can come and hang out with us. There's a costume contest, a film festival, and charity auction, which we will be participating. Paul graciously has donated a print of Princess Leia. So enter the, uh, the, enter the charity auction. The Conquest is the charity auction set up by our friends at the Gearbox Union. You can see everything they do at gearboxunion.com. Uh, they have a wide variety of media vehicles at your disposal. Uh, they're based in Altoona. We met them in Pittsburgh last year. Uh, great folks. And uh, I'm really looking forward to going out there this weekend and hanging out, throwing back some beers with uh, some cool comic folks. Help support Gearbox Union at gearboxunion.com. And hopefully we'll see you out there. And once again, a big thank you to everybody that stopped out and was able to talk to Dom, Matt, and Paul this weekend at... Wizard World in Philadelphia. I was unable to make it. I missed all of you, but I was there in spirit. So, guys, I know that you might want to talk a little bit about the wonderful people that you met this weekend, so go for it. We met a lot of really cool people. Came up to the table, spent some time with us, talked with us. At the top of the list, I think, should be Marcus. Yeah, Marcus, Marcus, I don't know amazing. what your last name is. You never told us. He never told us. He just said Marcus. But we ushered Marcus into the world of podcasting. We Marcus. took the podcast app out of the useless folder that was on his iPhone. Marcus had already you know, delegated the, the podcast app to the useless folder. He said, you know what, here's my phone. Go ahead and do it. Did not have a Facebook page, so he couldn't like the page. Right. Did not listen to podcasts, couldn't like the podcast. We removed the podcast app from the useless folder and subscribed to the McSauce podcast. And this is an example of the lengths we go for new fans. Oh, we love if, the fans. If you need McSauce tech support, McSauce podcast support, let us know. I do We're IT, so I could do the tech support. You guys do the drawing. You guys can do that. Ian does the web design, so he we you have everything covered. If you need me to draw a picture of someone fixing a phone, <laughs> sure. I'm on it. <laughs> we also met Nero Robinson, who is a fellow comic book artist. He is working on Dramatic pause. Wouldn't that be killer if that was the name of what he was working on? Yeah. <laughs> like you totally guessed it. He's working on this great comic book called Dramatic Pause. It's about subtle waiting. 
subtle or monumentous waiting? It depends on what issue it is. You know, there's some variation. It's the first there. major story arc was the monumentous. He's working on a comic book called Endigo Society. And he has some examples of it up on his Twitter feed. At Endigo Child. E-N-D-I-G-O Child. So if you get a chance, check some of his stuff out. Really cool dude. Uh, you know, we talked to him for a little bit. Talked a little about, bit about comics. Making comics. So uh, give him a shout out if you can. We also talked with Cupcake Dan. Cupcake Dan. Sounds like a fucking mobster, doesn't he? <laughs> but this this guy is not a mobster. Cupcake Dan is your friend. He's just Cupcake your... Cupcake Dan is your typical 16-year-old looking, really 22-year-old guy. Philadelphia businessman. Philadelphia businessman that said he promised the next time McSauce is in town, he will hook us up with cupcakes and in turn we promised him when he comes to the other side of the state here in pittsburgh we are going to hook him up what the hell are we going to hook him up with podcasts and web comics podcasts and web comics which he ordinarily wouldn't be able to get for free on the internet all the way over there in philadelphia gotta come to pittsburgh for that cupcake dan told us cupcakes when we come out i let him know i said i have a brother in philly i'm out there fairly regularly so i want some goddamn cupcakes and he was uh philadelphia cupcake which was on 12th and chestnut for all of our new mixauce followers uh go support cupcake dan philadelphia cupcake company on 12th and chestnut we also met by happenstance becca powell and her friend sarah sarah doesn't have a last name because she's not really on social media so we only know her through Becca. They were there to see David Tennant and Stephen Amell. Philly Comic Con brought the celebrity heat. They did. You know, between the two of those girls, I think they dropped a G to see these celebrities and get pictures with them. Yeah. There yeah, was they must Randy, Randy Orton, Stephen Amell, and David Tennant. I think these gals were very much about... I think they also met Scott... They met Scott... Scott... Uh, Walker? Scott. Scott Wilson? Scott Wilson is from it, Walking Dead. Herschel from Walking Dead. Oh, yeah, he was there? I didn't even know that. That's oh, yeah. how many celebrities there were. I couldn't keep track of who all was there. Yeah, if, um, if you need a, a, a line to someone tangentially in touch with many celebrities, follow Powell Becca 3 on Twitter, she is always posting celebrity images. Man Crush Monday, yesterday. Who doesn't like to, that? I needed to see some bros in my Twitter feed. That's where it was at. It seemed to me, just from the pictures that you guys were sending, that... We were it? having fun and you weren't? <laughs> well, I, I didn't need pictures to know that as I sat at my desk at work and watched all the the reports of fun happenings from Philadelphia. It looked like it was kind of a, a, a mini Comic-Con San Diego. You guys were walking past the Weta. Weta had a, a booth set up, and there yeah, was the big they had the giant orc. pale orc. 
You walked in Azog the the Defiler. Oh, I'm sorry. Which always sounded sort of anal to me. Yeah, the the Defiler. That just sounds really... He should be on some sort of list. When I hear Defile, I go to the butt. Yeah, you really should. You walked into the Comic-Con, and right in front of you was aisle 1200. Albeit, yes, they were in rows of 100, row 100, 200, 300, but you walked in at aisle 1200, and that was right in the middle. There was... 25 rows, not including uh, the seven from Artist Alley. From Artist Alley, because that went from A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I believe it went to H and I. So there's like 10 in that direction and 25 numbered aisles. So and it li- was gigantic. Listeners, if you're as confused as I am, and I spent four days there, all you need to know is there was a lot of shit there because. I could I couldn't tell you where we were. We I could find my way there, but I don't go by numbers or letters. We were indeed by the celebrity autograph tape. I remember Easiest we were by where we were. Super Sock Shop, which every time I read it, I read Super Sex Shop, and I wanted to check it out until I realized that they were selling oven mitts. But not just was, any oven. It mitts. was a cool oven mitt. They were selling Infinity Gauntlet. Of the mitts. Yes. Oh, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, special awesome. shout out to our friends, Super Sock Shop. Gina D'Angelo, who stitches her own stuffed animals and accoutrements, like the Infinity Gauntlet of a mitt. She had a stuffed Starro, which was so obscure, I had to ask her if someone requested that, or if she was balls deep enough into comic books what to know answer? what the fuck Starro was. She said she was in she was. She said she was thinking of fairly standard shapes and what characters could apply to it. And Starro. She also had a Christmas stocking that was green and orange, just like Aquaman, and it even had the little hook yeah. on the back of the tail or on the yeah, back of the heel. Yeah, she had some really cool. Yeah, a couple uh, really cool stocking. ideas. A lot of plushy swords and Captain America shields yeah. for the kids. Yeah, she had a lot of. She had a lot of good foot traffic over there. Supersockshop.com. Socks is spelled S-O-X. Give it a try. To our right, our immediate neighbors. One of them was Andrew Heath. Who? who did some Andrew Heath? Okay. I misheard. Who did some really cool minimalist illustrations. A lot of um, a lot of us 11 by 17 prints. Thundercats, Mega Man, Star Wars, Voltron, Firefly. Any. Anything in the nerd realm you want. Attack on Titan. I bought two prints. Attack on of Titan. Attack I didn't on even Titan. know what the fuck that was. Do you was. like Attack on Titan? My coworker does. Clarence does. I, he, he uh, that was a nice deflection. Like I saw the panic in his eyes. I saw. <laughs> I was about to attack no. on Dommy Dom. <laughs> I saw twelve or thirteen Attack on Titan references all weekend. I say twelve or thirteen. I probably saw a hell of a lot more than that. What the fuck is it? I could have looked it up, but I didn't. It's an what anime. It All was right, like okay. On to the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> if the, you're all unfamiliar, that, all that setup was just for that. Yes. If you're unfamiliar, Matt is our 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 resident condescension connoisseur. <laughs> no one brings the condescension like Matt Cassell, brewmaster of arrogance. <laughs> a little bit of hops, a little bit of condescension. Andrew Heath. Was to our our right all weekend. Uh, some really cool prints. You can check him out at andrew-heath.com. Some really cool stuff there. To our left were the brothers. 
Steve and Dave Baffa. Steve doing the artwork, hooking up some uh, some really cool prints to take old classic images of, say, the Rat Pack and turn them into Superman, the Joker, and Batman. And they worked really well. Some, a lot of his artwork would be... One piece would be reflected in another piece. Um, they were really cool dudes. It was really a pleasure sharing uh, table space with them all weekend. They're at stephenbaffa.com. Stephen with a PH, not a V. Uh, they hooked us up with some, some shirts and print whenever we left. And um, it was a pleasure being able to spend four days next to those guys. Yeah, those guys were those guys were cool. Last on the list of shout outs is Mike Ellis of PiecesOfEights.com, all spelled out. Mike, in the same realm we are, he has a webcomic, he needs to drive people to the webcomic, so he also does prints, gets out to a bunch of shows, he's based in Philly. Uh, I felt bad, I didn't realize that we had, that this guy was the webcomic I've been following for the last year until he said it, and I was like, holy shit. I, didn't, I couldn't put the face to the name. You should feel really bad because he also was two tables down from us at Pittsburgh Comic Con. We he met was. him, we talked to him for three days, so you should feel well, like a terrible human being. Of, of the McSauce crew, I'm generally, I generally don't stray out too much. Like, Dom is a social butterfly. Anyone in a 10 table radius he's gonna go make friends with. Social butterfly and photographer extraordinaire. Ah, uh, yes. He will true. get your picture even if you don't know it happened. He's in there <laughs> like a fucking phantom photographer. If you're online and you say, that looks like my ass, chances are Dominic took that photo. <laughs> and if you go to Instagram.com forward slash McSauce, We'll have your picture of your ass on there. No, we won't. Oh, no. we won't? Well, no. Maybe we will. You we, never we know. We might be able to talk Tom into it. Stay tuned. Yeah, Mike Ellis is at uh, Elusive Mike, at Elusive Mike um, on Twitter. He was the table right behind us, and I don't think we realized he was back there until the second Until second late Friday. Day in. Like late day on Friday. We, we found him. We're like, oh, hey, that was the guy from Pittsburgh. No, that was late Saturday. Was that late Saturday? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, saw we, him. We saw him on Friday. Oh, hey, that's the guy who was down from from Pittsburgh, and it wasn't until late Saturday that we realized he was right behind us. Then we were best friends. Yeah, Mike. Uh, Mike has a cool web comic. He does some really cool prints. So check him out at piecesofaids.com. Also, true truegroove.net and at elusive Mike on Twitter. I want to go ahead and give a shout out to artist Shad Nowicki. He is based out of Buffalo. I bought a really nice custom piece from him, uh, framed. It was a framed Wonder Woman drawing. Uh, the way that he runs his art, he takes old magazine and newspaper clippings, puts them on the back on this canvas, and then based off of the clippings, he writes uh, superhero. I bought a Wonder Woman print. And it's got a picture of like, um, if you've ever been like on an airplane, uh, there are like you're, there's the evacuations. This is how you should exit the plane in the case of an emergency. So he put that on the print, and then wound up putting Wonder Woman on top of that. 
Um, he, he can be found at shadart.biz. That's S-H-A-D-A-R-T dot biz. Fantastic art. Um, His stuff he, was really cool. Yeah, he had some really cool original work. It reminded me of like Roy Lichtenstein pop art with like almost the halftone pattern and everything and the colors. And I mean, we were we were there. Like we made our, our initial round after we set up our table, and I mean that was the first real stop we made as we were snooping yeah. around the con. And you know, this stuff was started probably around two hundred bucks. And I saw this great Morbius, like landscape style, like almost letterbox style painting. Morbius, the Marvel vampire. The Marvel vampire, the living vampire, if you will, um, where he's kind of got this woman that he's biting her neck and it, it totally looked like art from the 60s. And I absolutely adore that art style. I wanted to buy it. I think the price tag was 500. I was like, ooh, it's a little too rich for my blood. And then Dommy steps forward. He's like, I'll take one of those. Yeah, before the con even opened, Dom I have a purchase made. $250 on one of these paintings. Uh, before he even looked at another booth, he's already buying this guy's stuff. It was that good. You knew you weren't gonna find anything better. Yeah, this wasn't. They, it was all. They were all original. Each, each piece was an original piece. They, they weren't were, prints. They weren't reproductions. They were the real canvas. Prints. Right. And not only that, but they weren't just straight up paintings. Like he did some cool little effect on every one of them. Like where he'll, I, I don't know what the word is, but like almost, he would take. Um, old comic book clippings like if like for example dom's wonder woman painting that he bought he took wonder woman comics and like plastered the background with old wonder woman comics for like a background texture and then painted over top of that he had uh a lot of metallic colors throughout so that way depending on the way the light would hit it it would look different it would look almost just like a white background or if the light was hitting it a different way it would have that metallic uh, dimension to it. Very cool stuff. And else we need to give shout outs to? Shout outs to? No? Nope. Alright, that covers the shout outs. <laughs> Let's get to the con this, itself. This could be a new segment right here. The shout outs? Like shout outs. It that could would be, be biting off somebody else though. At the, <laughs> the uh, you know, we've been... The, the second largest convention Ian and I went to in 2013 was Baltimore. And we've mentioned before that being in Baltimore was like walking down Rodeo Drive during the peak celebrity season where you can't turn your head without seeing some comic book celebrity you recognize. You know, would be walking down an aisle at Baltimore and would see Mike Cho, Fr Mike Cho? Would see Frank Cho. Frank Cho's lesser-known brother. <laughs> then would see Mike Mignola, and then would see Neil Adams. And Neil then Adams Mark stopped Wade at our table and, and like told me to shut up or something like that. And we saw Neil Adams this weekend. Did he remember you from Baltimore? No. Neil Adams sees so many fanboys. He can't keep arguing about dumb bullshit. Now, did you <laughs> did you act like a silly fanboy or did you play it cool? I was totally cool with with Neil Adams. We were both cool cool with Neil Adams. Cool. Yeah, yeah I, I wound up buying a book from I bought the Green Lantern, Green Arrow, uh, Hard Traveling Heroes from 70, 71, uh, when those two teamed up. 
Um, it was like an 18 issue series. I got the entire collection in paperback. And you got it signed. I got it signed to Dominic, Neil Adams. Really cool guy. I thought it was odd. Like, we must have hit him at the right time that we were walking by and there was no one at the table. I walked by a handful of other times the previous days and there were always people around. But we caught him at just the right time. Dom and I were able to walk up, uh, tell him we appreciated his work, shook his hand. You know, we talked to him a little bit about what some of his favorite work was. Uh, he uh, was telling us about uh, Batman Odyssey and how DC was able to kind of let him do a little more than they would let normal people do. People that aren't legends in the business. <laughs> Is that what he said? People that aren't legends like me. No, he... I could see him saying that. No, he actually did not. Uh, he, he really did not toot his own horn too much. I told him I heard him on other podcasts, and he's a great storyteller. And without missing a beat, he's like, are you telling me something I'm not supposed to know? Like, just, he was, <laughs> yeah, he just really, on, his, really on the ball. But, yeah, it really saying, was. But he really but was just, down to earth. You just said he didn't toot his own horn. Well, when, when Matt Cassell over here says that, it's horn tootage. But when Neil Adams says it, it's comfy. Yeah, Wait, when did, do I do that? You did it just now, all the time. Everything. What do you mean you just say? now? I didn't. What are you talking about? More condescension. What are you talking about? I didn't. Come on, turn this guy off. I didn't think we would have an argument this episode. <laughs> I was thinking that on my way over here, as like, but what the be fuck are you talking about? Because we're not going to argue. What? How? I've I've been sitting here quietly. Uh, taking it all in, much like I took the Wizard World convention in, and you're telling me that I'm sitting here being condescending. What are you talking? What are you babbling about? For those that are uninitiated to the podcast, this is what we do, by the way. Argue. I was kidding. You're not being condescending, but normally you are the most condescending of the four of us. But not not in this particular instance. Oh, nice of you. But Neil Adams... You're condescending. I'm argumentative. Paul is... Distant. Distant? He's just, just... He's kind of a dick. He's dictant. He... What? That sounds gross. Dictant. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but Paul, Paul's a great face guy out there in the public sector. Is he? Getting those likes on Facebook. I shill like a motherfucker. He's got what I like to call woo. <laughs> <laughs> But, but here on the podcast, he's got the he woo. He turns the woo dial 180 degrees to dick. <laughs> Is that when woo flipped the upside down? Spells dick. That's right, it does. I know it's kind of weird, but just trust if me. If you would that. see it, folks, just write woo down on a you know napkin or whatever, and then just flip it, and it's oh, right, dick. Neil Adams was really cool to talk to because he was immediately welcoming. He was engaging. It's not like you walked up to him and he had his head buried in a sketch and you're like, oh, hey, Mr. Adams, and he's immediately engaging the fans. He wants you in. Like He, he wants to talk. Really cool guy. Do we find that that's how a lot of comic book creators are? I, I find that they're, they're pretty easy to talk to. I'm always afraid to meet celebrities because I don't want my preconceived notions of them to be damaged. Me too, but... The fact that they're they're right there, they're so accessible, they, they generally make themselves that way so that they can talk to their fan base. 
opposed to you know big time TV stars or movie stars or music stars, I, they always have seemed to be a really nice um, set of people to deal with. Yeah, and it's it's a different it's a different level of celebrity that allows for you know more like you know creator to fan interaction because aside from someone like Jeff Johns or Joe Casada, no one has you know that big of a that big of a job that they are un, untouchable by the fans. Paul, did you have the pleasure of meeting Jim Steranko in Pittsburgh about two years ago? I saw him, but I didn't talk to him. I was just curious maybe how he compared to Neil Adams, because I didn't meet Neil Adams this year, but I did meet Steranko. And Steranko, Dom, like you were saying, had like a lot of energy. He had a lot of stories to tell. You know, he was very, very engaging and uh, just full of personality. More than, I would say, your average comic book creator. When you go up to these guys, like Paul said, sometimes their face is buried in a sketch. Sometimes they're a little bit mousy or antisocial. I mean, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're way more outgoing than you are. Um, but I feel like these old timers just, they got shit to say. You know what I mean? Like, they could talk your ear off. And I want to listen. Like, I want to hear what yeah. they have to say. I don't want to hover to the point where I'm that guy, where I'm, you know, like, awkward brushes with fame time. like I normally which, have. Which we'll get to. Did you have one of those? Let me tell you something. This I am so excited. <laughs> I Awkward brushes with fame all around this weekend. Everyone had one. However, I played it cool all weekend. I really did. Paul was the one that was a little bit eh, not real sure of himself. With bumbling, the... bumbling moron. But I played it cool, and yet I still had that awkward experience. I, I had that awkward still going on awkward experience. I am so goddamn excited to hear this. Folks, for those of you that are new, I have had in my life countless numbers of weird celebrity slash quasi-celebrity interactions that, that like, defy logic almost. Uh, I... You you're just like, gonna have to go like back and this, listen to the archive. Do you, you feel like you're the, like this in your regular life when you meet somebody new, or you you know you talk to you see a girl that you like, and do you feel like you have an uncomfortable manner about yourself? Or? Maybe to a degree, yes. However, I, I truly did play it cool this weekend. Anybody that I met, I I felt like I was pretty cool, calm, and collected. I really did. I feel like. I have overcome my my celebrity anxiety yeah. to a degree, um, and I attribute that in large part to having gotten comfortable working with uh, Tim Owens, the singer. I feel like that has sort of like calmed my nerves when it comes to dealing with fame. Um, a pretty girl that you try to talk to, eh, maybe that's a little bit different. I noticed when when I get nervous when I go to talk to someone, if it's a celebrity or a girl or something, I talk fast. I talk so fast I start stumbling over my words. Usually I talk pretty slow. <laughs> when I'm talking to somebody that makes me nervous, I talk fucking fast. If I'm nervous, I roll out the jokes. Like I go with, I try to find every joke that I have and throw it fucking. What's your go-to joke? Is it the Miss Piggy slimy finger one? I don't have. 
I don't have standardized jokes, but I try to make my conversation. Let me tell you something. This might help you in the next time that you do try to roll out the jokes because this is the only one that you need. Paul, what's green and slimy and smells like Miss Piggy? Is it Kermit's finger? It's Kermit's finger! Uh, it's his fit. I love that it's his finger! It's like it should be, yeah. No, it's funnier than it should be his toe. His toe. Uh, no, because you know that finger. You know that felt finger. I love that. It would be soggy. That, like, crown-looking hand that he yeah. has. That's and so I don't funny. think the fingers separate, so it's the whole... You he know just, what he's doing? He, Paul, what's he doing? He's, he's probably fisting. <laughs> he's fisting Miss Piggy. He's totally fisting Miss Piggy. See, I think that that joke... Good, but this exploration of the joke is golden. I love that. <laughs> he doesn't even like Miss Piggy. He married her. Were you kidding? He does. Like begrudgingly. He's like, no uh, way. No well, way. He knows it's classic. This chick is bad for me, but I can't say no. Is she bad? She's the one that's always like up flopping on how she feels about she it. She is a dude. She's up his ass when she doesn't have him, but when she does, she doesn't give a shit. What a bitch. He better be by her side, though. That's really her thing. They're better together. It's always my Kermie. They're better together. That's what I was going to say. I thought it was my Kermie. Now, I don't remember her flip-flopping. If, if she Kermit... Was on yeah, she was dick. always... Yeah. If Kermit the Frog were to divorce Miss Piggy, where, who who's next on the list? Where's he going with that? They're, not, they're not married. Dude, they got married, married in Muppets Take Manhattan. Yeah. And where were they in the Jason Siegel Muppets movie? Separated. I don't know. But all the Muppets were broken apart. Weren't they? That doesn't matter. Just we're talking separated. about Kermit and Piggy. They were not together. And even in this new ABC Muppet series, it's, sort of, it's kind of an adult series. Yeah, it's going to be an adult not series. Not together. Well, he made a pact with the devil to save Aunt May. And everything that the two of them did, him and Miss Piggy Fucking no longer Disney. are. <laughs> okay, okay, fair So Kermit is—he's single. He's on the prowl. Where is he going with that? I don't feel like felt Kermit is like a wiener. Felt poonhound. No, like I mean, Gonzo's gonna. Yeah, Gonzo's gonna go for that felt, pig. Well, felt, Gonzo felt. goes for the freaky stuff. He gets those chickens. <laughs> Do you think Gonzo sucks on his own, like, schnoz? Oh, I think he oh, can really. lick it. I don't think he can suck it. Yeah, ah, he can suck it. That th I've seen that thing twisted and turned all kinds of crazy ways. So anyway, I'm thinking Kermit's going for Janice. Because she has that no. uvula thing that dangles that no. I think he would like. She's just like a cool hippie chick. Mm-hmm. She's in a fucking band. She would Kermit's, be... Kermit's not in. But this is. But he's getting loose. He was yeah, tied down he was for tied years. Down. He like is the 70s. free, man. He's free for the first time in decades. No, Kermit, Kermit's a reserved guy. He know what he he knows what he likes. What's he's, he like then, big guy? Come on. He knows what he likes. Paul doesn't know what he likes. What are his options? It's like I think it's Janice and Miss Janice. It's, and Miss it's, I think it's. I, I count. I count Skeeter. Did they add Skeeter, Skeeter to the is a actual... Child. No, Skeeter's never been an actual That's Muppet. because she died but... before she hit adolescence. No, I they, those are the Muppets, the teenage years. The <laughs> Muppets, the 90s years. It's like years. Jesus. Those are the years that are unexplored, man, because they're dark. We don't want to go there. No way. I, Skeeter I... died at a rave in 1999. So ABC this fall is going to have an office-type Muppets TV show. The Muppets are going to be in it. There are There's adult humor... 
Kermit makes a joke about the, Asians about the Muppet Band smoking pot. Hmm. Like it, because they do. It looks, it looks like it could be really you really cool and really fucking original for the Muppets. That's awesome. The fact but that they're how, not an adult, I like it. But how has Skeeter not been made into a real I Muppet? I just explained that because she's dead. No, that's that's what you're thinking. What? That's how you're rationalizing how she's a Muppet Babies and nothing else. And you're asking oh, to rationalize Muppet why ba- she's not Baby in the Muppet current. Muppet Babies isn't canon. No, it's canon. Oh, how? Oh, canon. that's canon. It's you shut canon. your mouth. Devil's Advocate. No. We have to explore all options. How can you even. I'm about to explore the option that, that you're just dumb. What other, what other girl is it? There, there are other girls in this new ABC show. There's a new pig, way sexier than Miss Piggy. Oh, Ooh. shit. Oh, that's where Kermie's going. Father approves. <laughs> that it is, it is because at some point in the Paul, trailer he goes, "Well, Gonzo, I guess I have a thing for pigs." Paul, you mentioned that uh, you mentioned this new Muppet show, and I'm like rolling with it, like I heard about it, but on the inside, I was doing a, a crazy dance of glee. I hadn't heard about that. That's really cool. I'm yeah, super excited. For the fall. When did they announce this? The first thing I've seen about it was today. Oh, okay. I saw cool. a, bunch of, a bunch of people post the trailer for it. I, I know this is totally segueing off of this into a whole new thing, but I saw a trailer today. I saw the Red Band trailer for Vacation. Has anyone seen that yet? Not yet. Okay, when I heard about it, I was like... Is that a National Lampoon's thing? Yeah. National Lampoon's Vacation. Rusty's grown up, and he wants to relive the greatest vacation him and his family ever took to Wally World. Who's playing Rusty? Ed Helms. Ed Helm is playing Rusty. Or is it just Helm? There's just one of them? Helms. It's Helms. It's Helms, okay. So uh, then Christina Applegate is his wife, and then there's two boys. And the Red Band trailer really shows you a lot. It It's tits. raunchy. No tits. T- no tits, but swears. It's raunchy, and it's fucking funny. Like, it was a little unpredictable. And I'm like, this just skyrocketed to the movie I am most looking forward to this summer. I am all in because Chris Helmsworth... Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Chris Helmsworth Helmsworth. is kind of an amalgam of of Ed Helms and Hemsworth is in this. Charlie Day also. Chris Helmsworth has a scene in the trailer that is so fucking funny. You guys, after this podcast, you got to watch it. That's all I'm going to say. And then next week we can talk about it. So hang in there, folks. Just seven days to go until you get to hear us talk more about it. So rewinding back. We had some awkward brushes with greatness this weekend. One of them being my awkward brush with Ethan Van Skyver. It wasn't that awkward. It was hilarious, but no, not that awkward. It probably wasn't awkward for him because he doesn't know who I am. But I know how I normally am. But I was like... Uh, it was like I was a teenager meeting One Direction. When I was talking to him, I was just trying to keep it all down the entire time. Years ago, I got to meet Lisa Loeb. I thought it was going to be super cool. I thought we were probably going to run away together. And I was a babbling moron. I couldn't get out of there fast enough. Did you feel the same way with Ethan and Van Skyver? Thought you guys would run away together? <laughs> <laughs> he uh, would have, but Ethan Van Skyver was at the comic book convention at like 6 o'clock 
still drawing commissions. Everybody had like their champ, shit though. broken down, and he's sitting there drawing. Like Just the lights are out, it. and he's drawing by the light of his cell phone. All weekend, all four days, we were making jokes about Adrian Paul being the lunch paler of, of the con. Adrian Paul, TV's Highlander. He was signing autographs all, all day. day, every day over the weekend. Like he, three hours on, like, one hour off. Three hours on. It was like on. he didn't take a break, and he was right in front of the Wild Bill's root beer station. Which we frequented so, so many times. Right. So we were keeping tabs on, on Adrian Paul, but Ethan Van Skyver said, you know what, Adrian Paul? Fuck this. I see you. I'm getting work ethic and I raise I'm raising you overtime. Right. Yes. So everyone was packing up getting out. Ethan Van Skyver was still working on sketches and uh, I, I went over pretty early on Thursday, the first day, and we had a really nice conversation about what he likes to work on, the books he has coming up, just, you know, the general business of DC Comics. And I, I bought a sketch I bought a sketch from him. Um, he drew Carousel for me, one of the Sinestro Corps members that he created with Jeff Johns. And, and it is up in the dining room right now, where we record. At Don't McSaw know. Studios. At McSaw Studios. And it's, it's fantastic. Uh, you know, I really couldn't have asked for anything more from him. And uh, we went back, you know, I went back after the first day, check on it a couple times. And the last time we went was on Friday. And we said, we asked him if he could uh, grant us a, a quick interview before the con was over. Uh, he said, yeah, come back, you know, tomorrow, the last day. And uh, if you don't mind me drawing while we talk, then yeah, sure. So Matt and I went back over. We sat down with, with Ethan Van Skyver. And this was a huge thrill for me. Uh, you know, he's him and Jeff Johns made me love Green Lantern the way I do. It's He's one of the reasons I have a Green Lantern tattoo. So all of this rolled into meeting him. And I've read articles on Newsrama from him. I've heard him on podcasts. I follow him on Twitter. Like, this was a legit celebrity for me this wasn't like meeting like oh this is the colorist for this one book this was <laughs> like this was like meeting Stephen Amell for me so um, I didn't have full function over how I pronounce words in the beginning of this I interview. thought you were going to say bladder <laughs> and I, Ian, I, you haven't heard this before right correct we'll, this play, is... we'll play it for you now so you'll, you'll hear right away Paul's Small little slip up here in the beginning. So me and the fans right now are going to hear hear this interview. Right. So here we go. We're here at Wizard World Philadelphia with artist extraordinaire Ethan Van Skyver. So, um, Ethan, I saw on Wikipedia that you did the album cover for Nelson, Nelson's fourth studio album, Break the Silence. Is that true? Uh, No. Wait, no, no. Uh, I did an album cover for Winger. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, Wikipedia says it's Nelson. That is bizarre. And being a hair metal fan, seeing my two worlds collide was pretty exciting. I'm actually more excited that it's Winger. Well, that's good then. That's good. I was happy to do it. You just, you cannot trust everything that you read on the internet, Paul. Especially Wikipedia. That's disheartening. How did you hook up with Winger to do that album cover? I don't know. Uh, Kip Winger called me up and, and asked me 
asked me to do it. Liked my work and was yeah. looking to uh, put out an album with um, a kind of comic book art style cover. And I was happy to, you know, happy to talk to him. He's an interesting guy. Is he a comic book guy? Uh, I'm not sure if he's really a comic book guy so much. Um, but he, he's a, he's an artist in, in many senses of the word. He's he's uh, very talented and, and uh, his talents are wide and varied. So speaking of uh, being an artist in kind of every sense of the word, I know that you're a musician. Uh, you've done some writing. You do some drawing do more than some drawing is there any other forms of art that you'd like to kind of dabble in that you haven't you haven't mastered yet yeah i'd like to do advertising really yeah after watching mad men i was like that is the life that was meant for me (laughs) if i couldn't be if i couldn't be a rock star um uh, wow being in advertising is a close second it sounds like a lot of fun what would you like to advertise um cigarettes but you, you can't, and so I would do whatever they asked me to do. I, it would be my job to uh, to come up with a way to sell a product, uh, to make a product appealing, or, or get a jingle that sticks in people's memories. Um, that's me in another life. Yeah. Is there anything right now that uh, that you're working on that you want to talk about, like any upcoming projects? Well, I think that if you haven't read Convergence Number Zero yet, you ought to. Um, I'm also putting some work into Convergence Number Eight. Is that the final issue of the series? I think so. Yeah, I think that's it. Anything after Convergence? Well, I'm sure there'll be something. I, I'm actually at this moment do not have a script. I'm waiting for something. Um, but I believe that what I'll be doing next is Green Lantern related. That's pretty cool, Paul. Ethan, you had mentioned to me a couple days ago that you love drawing scary things. So, is there a particular commission that you always want to draw but no one seems to ask for? I don't get to draw Scarecrow often enough. I'm drawing him right this very second. And I mean, the thing about drawing Scarecrow is I I, I love to draw him differently every single time. Yeah. Um, He's such a weird character. Uh, Right now I'm kind of employing this weird... uh, style that I saw in a book called uh, Scare- More Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Love that series. And I'm, I'm kind of ripping that artist off right now. Gamel. Yeah, Stephen Gamel. He is uh, fantastic. Yeah, those the images from that book have been burned in my brain since I was a child because every one of them was terrifying. Yes. Now I understand that they're going to be doing a, a TV show or a movie about scary stories. Would you have any involvement in that, any kind of production involvement? I have no involvement in that, but I would. Would you like to advertise for it? Sure. Call me up. <laughs> Do you think that the scarecrow that you're drawing right now looks like he could be a supernatural entity? Do you believe that there is your favorite scarecrow sort of supernatural, or is he just a guy? He's just a guy. He's just a creep. He's Ed Gein. He's uh, a weirdo. Yeah, I think he's just a murderer. And uh, a weird, maybe he's a cannibal. I don't really know, but he, there's something wrong with him. I think if you, if you took off his hood, uh, I, I don't like super smart Ichabod or Crane. What's his first name? Crane. Which Jonathan? Jonathan Crane. I don't like super smart Jonathan Crane. I don't know. I think he's a product of inbreeding. I think he's a weirdo. And uh, I don't know. That doesn't necessarily preclude him from being super smart, but it certainly does make him hideous. They had a 
pretty interesting episode on Gotham involving the Scarecrow where it shows that he comes from a broken a broken family with a domineering father. And I think that worked out pretty good as a introduction to the character, especially in that different Gotham universe. That's kind of cool. Now, Ethan, um, you haven't done a whole lot of work outside of DC Comics. Is there a character outside of DC that you would like to get your hands on? Yeah, the Hulk. The Hulk? Of course. Now, as an artist or as a writer? I, I can't really write. I'm not, I'm not really well. Everything is about drawing to me. Yeah. Have you ever wanted to do any creator-owned projects? Yeah, and one day I will. I, you know, but I, I just don't feel ready for it right now. Could happen. That's cool. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us, Ethan. We really appreciate it. My pleasure, fellas. Thanks. Thank you. That was our interview with Ethan Van Skyver, uh, fan favorite of mine. It was really great to sit down and talk with him a, a little bit this re this weekend. He had a full schedule, uh, doing a lot of. A lot of uh, commissions for people, but it was really nice of him to be so accommodating and give us some of his time. I think overall our experience with Ethan Van Skyver was pretty awesome. Yeah. We, ha we had some other experiences with comic book fame. Uh, <laughs> the least of which is the one and only Rob Liefeld. Liefeld? Liefeld. It is Liefeld. Liefeld. It's Liefeld. I met a comic book legend, one of my favorite comic book artists uh, ever, Rob Liefeld. Um, I had a little bit of the, the nerves going, even though I feel like I played it pretty cool. Contrary to the goofiest fucking picture on the planet ever being taken. Did you see it, Charlie? Have I shown you yet? I'm going to show it to you here on the air. Yes, we will put it up, Paul. It is the worst picture that has ever been taken of me. And, and what kills me is I was excited to get my picture with Rob Liefeld. So I asked Paul afterwards, I was like, how is it? How's it look? He said, it looks great. Looks absolutely great. Because Rob Liefeld looks so good in that picture. You know what doesn't look so good? This asshole. <laughs> me. I look retarded. <laughs> I look like Sylvester Stallone's <laughs> retarded nephew. I look so dumb. Hey, yo, Rob. I was talking to Paul in the middle, in the middle of telling him, like, hey, make sure that you get this right. Okay. He takes the, the picture, and then Paul says, "Perfect." The 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 onus is on the picture taker at that point to take. <laughs> Paul, you're taking it on an iPhone. You gotta know, you do a couple taps, you get a couple pictures, so that if oh, somebody's making a, he got, he I got a mouth two pictures. full of I, I showed you pork face, that you know, Ian, you can I showed you one. the worst one, he, he got two pictures, neither one's good. Thankfully, Dom, I know how to use Photoshop, so there's a new mouth that's gonna get Photoshopped on this motherfucker. You, okay, you can't do Here's that. the other that's, one. Not a whole lot that, better. That's a... <laughs> It's much better. better. That worked better. It's much better. It's. Oh, <laughs> well, you know what? My my concern as the photographer. Um, can you please send that to me? Because I want to put that on Facebook. It needs to go up immediately. Yeah, if you can send um, that to me now. My concern as the photographer was, 
Rob Liefeld was a busy guy. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people in line. We needed to keep this thing smooth, keep it rolling. So long as Rob Liefeld looks good, I had full faith that Matt knew how to take a picture. That we I had- didn't even look at Matt in the picture. I was like, Rob Liefeld looks good. Boom, we're out of here. The full faith that we had a variety of lips to pick from to put on Matt's face later. We're gonna get some some lip photos tonight. No, so we're we can not. Superimpose no, them over top. So I, that was a slightly awkward moment when when I posed for the picture with him because I didn't know if I was supposed to reach across the table and like we were gonna put our arms on each other's backs or whatever. There was there was a do we do this like the presentation of the Stanley Cup photo where I don't know if I'm holding the cup or shaking hands or what hand am I doing this with? Right, there, because there was no rehearsal. This was totally on the spot we'd never met before we weren't accustomed to one another's you know overall unlike the personal fist bump style. that happened the next day the next day which was flawless like they were they've been bros for decades that's so you went we back and redeemed system. yourself after that oh, yes. picture oh yeah well, rob liefeld doesn't know he looks ridiculous in that picture he knew he's about <laughs> he knew rob when you listen to this podcast and you look at the picture I'm sorry that I ruined it with my face. Better luck next time. Next time, maybe we can get a picture of the fist bump. Maybe just our fists bumping. But sounds so dirty, filthy. But, Daddy likes. So does but father. I went approve? up to him and father I'm thinking does not approve. as I, as I'm approaching. It's like, like kid tested, father approved. As Daddy I tested, father approved. As I'm approaching Rob Liefeld, Feld pretty exciting you know being a fan of his and buying his comic books since the very beginning since 92 when i first bought that comic book what was that comic book my first liefeld comic book would be x-force number four probably um it was a crossover with spider-man number 16 i like how you're like the very beginning number four (laughs) (laughs) the very beginning for me is a comic book fan my first comic book was Spider-Man number 12, Spider-Man 16 had, it was part one of a two-part crossover with X-Force. So four short months after I got into comic books, I was buying a Rob Liefeld comic book. Um, And obviously then he started Image Comics and I recognized the name and I'd been a fan ever since. Um, And so getting to meet kind of a personal legend for me was pretty awesome. But as I'm standing in line, I didn't have anything to have him sign. Like, I just was so unprepared. And I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm paying for a sketch. But like an asshole, I said to the, the dude that was helping him at his booth, I said, how much are sketches? <clears throat> and the guy goes, 200 for a headshot. And, or, and Matt and I learned something about the combination of the two of us this weekend at a convention. Is we are horrible, horrible influences on each other right because each of us is like oh fuck this is two hundred dollars and the other one's like you dude you're never gonna it. get this chat and totally do it and we're yeah. like yeah i'm gonna do it that's awesome yeah that's what we did that's why this wonderful ethan van skyver sketch is here in mcsaw studios in the flesh dom well it's it's i was gonna do that anyway but it's more so why i waited in line for a ben mckenzie photo op yeah <sighs> that's true that was a slightly awkward moment was it not yeah, because I never got to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you waited in line for 20 minutes. So, um, 
So anyway, as I'm approaching, I'm looking at all the different prints that he has for sale. None of them really struck me as something that I need because frankly, they were 100% Deadpool. Rob Liefeld has relegated himself to the guy that created Deadpool, which I get. Deadpool's big and he's going to get even bigger with this movie coming, but like to me, that is so incredibly secondary to what the guy is all about. Number one, to me, he is the reason Image Comics exist. If Rob Liefeld never existed, Image Comics would never have existed. I don't think that those guys would have taken that leap without Rob Liefeld there to give them the push that they needed. You, you also know? would not be in my phone as Image Matt. That's right. I would have a different <laughs> nickname. So there's that. Uh, secondly, you know, I also enjoyed his his work outside of like new mutants i liked x-force i mean i didn't love it but i liked it i also liked the work that he did do at image comics young blood uh some of his other extreme studios creations like supreme supreme glory was really is cool Shatterstar star one of those probably Sh Shatterstar star is a marvel x-force character that's a lot of a lot of young blood and x-force quite frankly blend together for me because they were created in roughly the same time frame, and they share a lot of visual similarities. Lots of pockets, lots of lots of pockets, eyes. pouches, glowing eyes, and head pieces with hair coming out the top. That was a '90s trade. That wasn't just a Rob Liefeld. Thing. I feel like he he gets blamed for that a well, lot. Blamed or not, I mean, I feel like he was the guy that really ushered that in, and a lot of people followed. Could be. Um, and hey, look, I love 90s comics. I still stand by the fact that 90s comics are the best comics. Um, I don't think that that excitement and energy has ever been replicated, and not sure it ever will. So I think it was the best atmosphere, hands down. It, it was such a fun time. I feel like it was more fun than it is now. Uh, I, I like it now, but there's there was something. And a lot of it had to do with that those being my formative comic book years. But there was something magical about that decade for me. You had to pay a price to find the books that you wanted to really it, follow and right. appreciate the creators. And it wasn't just instant internet gratification, which people have now. And gratification or um, negative commentary, which it, is more so. It was a passion of mine. So, uh, And it was for any fan back then. It was a passion. Today kind of easy to be a comic book fan right comicsology internet it's it's popular on to tv be, movies it's popular yeah. to be a comic book fan you can walk into old navy you can walk into yeah. the gap and you can find a comic book related yep. t-shirt to buy whereas when we were growing up i know i had to i had to order comic book t-shirts out of comic book you know take the page out of a comic book i was so proud i had this and i don't know why but i used to wear big fucking clothes back then it was the night that's why i wore an extra large and if anybody knows me in person i'm not exactly extra large <laughs> um but i wore an extra large and i had this fucking marvel t-shirt that was a white shirt and covered with different marvel character logos all over it all the way to the so bottom, nice. all the way to the sleeves. It was it was just like, it gave you a seizure looking at it. It was so busy. Going and into seventh grade, 
I think my entire fall wardrobe was all purchased out of <laughs> when you got the to... pages of. I'm, I'm and I'm not exaggerating yeah. this. I had one of the X Men T-shirts with the Jim Lee covers. Yep. I had a bunch of McFarlane Spider Man things. I had this cool Silver Surfer. I had I Matt's wearing a Batman, a cool Todd McFarlane Batman shirt. How cool is this shirt, by the way? I bought this shirt at the convention. Dominic is wearing a shirt that he bought at the convention, a Doctor Strange shirt. I love this shirt. It is soft. It's red. There aren't many red Batman shirts, but this one is, and it's badass. It's badass. It's Todd McFarlane. I think it's his uh, the first cover of the small run that he did on Batman. Does he draw a wicked Batman or what? Draws a really kick-ass Batman. Todd McFarlane's capes are always... They're just... They're so fantastic and crazy and... They defy they every not, sense of logic. Yeah, they don't exist in the real world, but that's what makes them awesome. They're right about here. as practical as a Rob Liefeld leg pouch. Or which just bring, a Rob Liefeld foot. Which brings oh. us back... I love you, Rob. Calm down. <laughs> which brings us back to my brush with greatness. So... As I'm standing there in line, I noticed that Rob Liefeld had a print. This was the print that I was going to get because I thought it was kind of cool. It was why Paul's shaking his head. Because you don't need a print when from you Rob can Liefeld. have an original. Right. Exactly. But I was going to do it because the prints were $20 and the the actual commission was 10 times that. But how many times are you going to get the opportunity to have Rob Liefeld, a legend in the medium, to draw something individual for you? That is exactly what Paul whispered in my ear as I was standing And that's why I got that Ethan Van Sciver original sketch, because when am I ever going to get an obscure character like Carousel drawn by a legend of the field for me the, in particular. And the gears in my head character. right now are churning at who I can draw what horrible thing that I want when we go to Baltimore. <laughs> you have to do it because Paul and I already took the plunge. Ian, you have to be just as dumb as us. So, uh, I'm going to be dumber. Don't so, worry. <laughs> as, as I'm standing there, there was a print of Deadpool back to back with Boba Fett. I was like, that's kind of cool. Oh. And I was like, I think I might do that. And then I started thinking about, well, I asked him, how? what about like if you did a sketch of Darth Vader? And he said, yeah, I... <coughs> excuse me. Did he cough on you like <coughs> No, it's a post-convention illness. Um, the con, so, the Conzies. The con, yeah, got a case of the Conzies. So, someone's infant immune system. Wasn't working like it should have been. Not by the end, no. But I am on the rebound, in case anyone's wondering. Thank you for your get well. He won't be sick in Altoona this weekend. Probably so not. Feel free to shake his hand. So, uh, so as I mentioned, Darth Vader, Rob Liefeld didn't seem real jazzed about the idea. He's like, yeah, I could make it look cool, you know, look like Darth Vader, you know, look great. But it's gonna look like Darth Vader. It's not gonna look like a like a Rob Liefeld drawing. And I don't know if he said his own name in the third person. I can't remember, but that's the gist of it. And I feel like 
Rob Liefeld would go third person. He feels like the Dion Sanders of the 90s comic book scene. That's not... <laughs> meeting him, that really wasn't his reputation. That lets me down. I, he, I wanted he was, to just be cocky and insane. No, he was pretty personable. He was, cool. he was a nice guy. And, uh, and then Paul said, well... Savage Dragon? Like, kind of to me. And Rob Liefeld was like, yeah, now that would be pretty cool. And I and seeing his excitement to do it was infectious. And then I was like, okay, I need a Rob Liefeld Savage Dragon drawing. Like, just seeing that excitement was like, $200? I don't, what, I, that doesn't matter. And it was gone. The money vanished. It like, it like fucking teleported out of my wallet into <laughs> Rob Liefeld's wallet. And... And who was that? Um, the the portal character with the zero on his face from X Force that he would teleport all of um, Strife's evil army, the Mutant Liberation Front. I think his name might have been Zero, and he was a teleporter. That's your right. My, my, my joke is that guy comes and steals your money. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's, nobody's going. That's where you come for really good jokes, folks. To the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. It As if the Kermit the Frog one wasn't good enough, we had this one here. Yeah, well, I, I really didn't back think pocket. this was going to go where it did via Kermit and the Muppets tonight, but wow. So anyway, so I paid him, and he said, come back tomorrow. I'll have it done. I'm going to do it in the Did he put it tonight. in a little pouch on his thigh? <laughs> no, that didn't <laughs> that work. So, uh, so Paul and I left, and uh, it was, I, immediately I was like, oh my God, what have I done? But... Still kind of excited about it. Next day comes, Paul and I take a walk back over, go to check and see how the drawing is coming, and he goes, ah, he holds up his convention list, and he goes, didn't didn't get to it last night, you're next on the list, everyone was crossed out, my name was next, Savage Dragon next to it, he's like, I'm going to be doing that tonight, and I said, He's what? killed a bunch of people, a lot of names are crossed off That's that right. list, you're That's next. Right. Alec Kill Bill. Uh, and... So I was like, okay, can wait till tomorrow. He's like, oh, is that cool? And so then I said, while we were there, I said, look, I know you're really busy. You know, you got all these sketches and everything you're doing. But if you had like five minutes, could we sit down and maybe do an interview for our podcast? Um, we're set up here at the convention too. We do a web comic and a podcast. And I said, Rob Liefeld doesn't do interviews. <laughs> he he thought about. It. He's like, well, I've got a, a panel tomorrow at twelve thirty, and then this or that, and I've got these convention sketches. He's like, maybe come back around two thirty tomorrow. Maybe we can do something. Well, two thirty the next day comes and goes. We were busy at our own table promoting, you know, this lovely podcast and giving away free buttons. And uh, so, as it turns out, uh, we missed that 2.30 window. Um, Paul and I took a stroll over at 3.30, and I was going to still check on the, the interview if I could, and if not, hey, at least I'm going to get my really cool sketch. We go over, and his shit is gone. His shit is packed up and gone. His banner is gone. His table is white. It was like walking into a wild there was west. Ghost town. There, there was, was a tumbleweed that there was a used by. napkin remaining on the table. Literally, was there was a all, napkin, and Matt was in such disbelief I, that he even walked up to the used napkin and, and lifted it up as though his artwork may be waiting underneath it. <laughs> I, I was, felt so bad. I was like, but wait. Does he like typing I, caps? <laughs> 
I paid. I paid already. This kid, he, he didn't like go to the bath. He didn't take his shit down to go to the bathroom. Like he's gone. It's we are we are at peak capacity of the Wizard World Philadelphia Comic Book Convention. He is gone. He left in the middle of it. That like was a, fucking ghost white. Like a like, thief in the night, Ian. This is fucking hilarious. This is fucking hilarious. So <laughs> we went and we talked to information, and I said to information, I was like, I paid for a, a commission from Rob Liefeld. It looks like he's gone. Is there any way, like, maybe he left the commission before we left? Or, um, like, did... Is there a way to get in touch with him or something? And they and said, like, here's his Twitter handle, you fuck nut. And they said, well, he probably has an email. That was their their way of helping. <clears throat> Matt was inconsolable at for, this point for about I would say an hour. A good hour. I was the con was ruined. Any good faith that had been built through meeting everyone the first three days, all the fun we had, nothing. It was all eclipsed by by Rob Liefeld walked out on my drawing. So, I did what any frantic, desperate schlub that paid $200 for a commission that they didn't get would do. You know what I did, Ian? What did you do, Matt? I hit him up on Twitter. And I said, you know, can I... Anyway, I can have you send that to me? He said, yeah, sure, no problem. Sorry I missed you. We left at 3.15. Oh, I missed him by 15 minutes. Yeah, so the, the confusion was what Rob Liefeld told us about the con schedule, and he had a panel late on Saturday, and right after that he was leaving. Middle of the day <laughs> Saturday. Yeah, I don't... I don't. And Matt and I both heard it, and we both assumed that he was going to be around a little bit after that panel. So it was classic... Miscommunication. Classic. But the burden of the burden of the message is always on the sender. So that is on Rob Liefeld. Not on you. It is. The in communication, the burden of that getting a true. clear message it's, over it's is not, on the sender, not on it's who's not, receiving. It's not what's intended, it's what is received. You have to you have to be clear so that they get what you you mean no hard feelings to rob liefeld for perhaps incorrectly communicating when he may or may not be there uh like paul said it was just a matter of miscommunication we he was he, he was really cool pages. and i'm not a 90s comics guy i'm not necessarily a, a rob liefeld guy but i appreciate him for his role in making right. comics what they are right so and, that um so it was i wasn't gonna get a sketch or buy a print or anything but just seeing him there and you know briefly speaking to him while you know matt was conducting business was it was pretty neat because rob liefeld for you know whatever the industry thinks or doesn't think of him he is comic book royalty so like to be able to be there and talk to him it was pretty fucking neat yeah it was i mean it was you know, us being comic book guys, being fans of that more than almost anything else, these are our rock stars. So, like, to me personally, like, it doesn't get a whole lot bigger than that as far as meeting a celebrity. Like, I know that, Paul, you're more into TV and stuff, maybe meeting um, 
Jim Gordon from Gotham came and think of his name. Ben McKenzie. Ben McKenzie. That would have been something for you. For me, that really wouldn't have meant a whole lot. I don't. Well, you know what? Like I said earlier, meeting Ethan Van Skyver was just as big. Right. Is right. meeting someone like Ben McKenzie. Right. Um, like these guys are celebrities to us. To us. Right. So uh, backing up, uh, going back to Friday when I did go for my sketch and he hadn't done it yet. Um, you know, he said, you're next on the list, just come back tomorrow. And we asked about the whole interview thing. And as we were leaving, he, he held out his fist for a fist bump. And I fucking... You bumped the fuck out of the I bumped fist. it. I connected with such precision and accuracy and determination. It was a fist bump for the ages, Dom. You missed it. I, I did miss it. I seen it. Um, Someone had the man the table. I let you smell my fist afterwards, and you're like, "Oh wow, that smells like Rob Liefeld." <laughs> when, when? What day was this again? This was Friday, so I went to him and paid for the thing on Thursday. Yeah, first day, I'm already like, "I gotta spend this money," and I did. Go back for it Friday. It's not done yet. Okay, fine. I'll get it <clears> Saturday. And well, all of us decided we're not waiting around. We're spending money on Thursday. Yeah. Well, Dom's Wonder Woman painting. Van Skyver sketch, Lotfeld sketch. Right. We all did it. Right. So that's that's the story. As it stands right now, I have to get his PayPal uh, address, send him money for shipping, and then he said he would ship the, the artwork to me. Oh, and you have to pay money for shipping? I do. Um, which I'm willing to... Him leaving the con early, and that's still not good enough, but I understand. It... <laughs> I'm willing to do it um, because... You know, there was clearly a miscommunication on right. some level. I just want the damn drawing. Uh, it it was a very pleasant experience meeting him, and I'd yeah, like to keep it. Yeah, there was such. nothing negative said the entire weekend about um, him. It was always a he's a class act guy. He he uh, he. So he said, you know, just send me the pay, send money to my PayPal for shipping, and I'll send it right out to you. And he said that it is on Instagram if you wanted to see it. So I went on Instagram and I looked at it. it is, he did do it, and it looks cool, and I'm excited to get it. And it's very much a Rob Liefeld drawing of one of my favorite comic book characters ever. So pretty neat. Pretty neat. Tom, I understand you had a brush with greatness, but I'm not sure that can really be confirmed. Did he? Did he? I don't know. Tom, tell the story. It was Sunday. We were packing up for the day. So, for setup, yes, Philly Comic Con, biggest con we've been to, absolutely filthy with movie and television celebrities: Burt Reynolds, Adrian Paul, Billy Piper, David Tennant, Stephen Amell, uh, Scott Wilson, Ben McKenzie, Danny Trejo, um, the Phelps twins, the Phelps from Harry, from Potter, Harry Potter, Potter, Harry Muniz. Summer Frankie Muni, sorry. Frankie Munitz. Um, Summer, Summer Glau. Munis? Is that right? Multiple WWE superstars. Yeah. At all, least one a day. All kinds of TV movie celebrities. I would argue that David Tennant and Stephen Amell were the two biggest of the weekend. Yes. They were also on opposite ends of the convention. David Tennant held his autograph sessions and photo ops on our end. Bigger than Ben McKenzie? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Not in my heart. Okay. But, yes. Stephen Amell was on the other end. 
We oh um Katie Cassidy, uh, Black Canary from Arrow, also at the convention. They were at the other end of the con. We didn't see them. Like I saw everyone else, except David Tennant and Billy Piper because they were fucking sequestered. Yeah. Also, Carrie Always, who everyone else had an open signing table. You know, I snuck a picture of Ben McKenzie from there. Like we saw. Uh, Scott Wilson and Adrian Paul and Summer Glau and everyone. But we didn't see Kerry always. He, he was all blocked off. We also didn't see Stephen Amell because he was way down at the other end. He was kind of a myth. Until Dom unearthed the Loch Ness Monster in the waning hours of the weekend. I did. We were wrapping up for the con. I was emptying out my Wild Bill's glass, heading to the men's room, just kind of just rinse it out, get rid of everything. As I'm walking to the restroom, uh, Stephen Amell and his Comic-Con entourage. Entourage! Entourage! Uh, they were heading towards the exit that was right near the restroom where we were at. They were walking past. We crossed paths. Uh, as he walked past, I said, hello, Stephen. Tip my hat to him. He put his hand out and just real quickly... Just grabbed my hand and just gave it a quick little shake. So I shook Stephen Amell's hand. There were no witnesses, but I will attest that it happened. It didn't really happen. I will attest that it happened. No, it never happened. Unless Stephen Amell shows up on Twitter and says, I met at Cerebrius. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to to thank that guy whose hand I shook at the end of the con. As much shit as we've given you, Dom, for the last three days <laughs> about your fake encounter with Stephen Amell. I Two believe, days. I believe that, Two days. that it did happen. No, he was walking past. Yeah, it seemed... The fact that, like, knowing every other celebrity, uh, when Bert... Like, as every celebrity walked past, you saw Danny Trejo. He had his people around him, and they were all just like, you know, step aside, step aside. You really weren't allowed to kind of interact with them if they weren't at their table. Right. The fact, you know, just walking past, I saw him. I was really just, you know, I'll tip my hat. If he can just say hi to me, just, you know, wave to me. That's really all I was looking for. And I was like, Stephen. He's not one of the was, nicest guys in the yeah, world. Just Mr. Amell, Steve, how you doing? I waved to him, tip my hat. He kind of put his hand out and just gave me like a quick one of these. He gave Good you job. a quick pump. Was it a was it a Let demonstrate for me. Oh, no, I, I tried to and you ignored it, so it's No right. no no no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm all in now. Let's let's do I'll this. Do oh, it. Now you're all in. Oh, yeah, now so you could be in for the convention. Let's do it. <laughs> By the way, if you go to mixsauce.com, there's a donate button. If you send us enough money, then maybe I won't have to work. And then I can go to all the conventions. Oh, oh that'd be that'd be embezzling. That's fraud. That's like Enron. That's not fraud. That's how these fucking things work. If so you want the fans to donate so money get, so you can call off of work. No, so that this could be all of our jobs, Dom. I'm thinking oh, about oh, all of okay. us. I'm not selfish like you. It sounded like it was you being selfish. No, I'm saying that if, if the fans... I heard if you donate, I can come I to a con. Well, because we'll all be independently wealthy, so then I will be able to do it, Dom. So, Dom, Dom, what kind of handshake was it? Did, did he get you early with the fingers, or did he kind of, like, lock right in there, 
where uh, the the part in between. No, you, you, we didn't get the webbing of the thumbs. Okay. It was just like a real quick, like he was like, "Hey, what's going on?" Like oh, that's all right. Yeah, that's it wasn't cool. a strong handshake. He it had was, kind of it a like a like no, sharply it, it, handshake. It, it, it wasn't a sharply handshake. It was, there was there was some strength behind it. It wasn't a limp. It wasn't a wet noodle. handshake is legendary in its limpness. <laughs> it is like a 90-year-old man's dick. Oh. It is so flaccid and weak. Let up weak. on a 90-year-old man. <laughs> it is so flaccid, flimsy, and weak. Because it doesn't, like, it doesn't even really, like, it's just... It's it, just like, fingers! It's like, oh, it's it. just fingers. It's like, and it's the 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 edge of it. It's like just oh, so the first knuckle. It's almost. creepy. Ian, like going, going in for the handshake, he shows you, you the I back of his hand. I am working. Is that on. why you didn't come to the to the convention? Because you knew people would make fun of that handshake. Matt, I shake other people's hands normally. I shake why your you sh- hand like a nine-year-old penis because it's hilarious. <laughs> a nine-year-old penis? Is that what he just 90. Or nine. Or nine. Also flaccid. Or nine. <laughs> I would expect. A nine-year-old penis? No. A nine-year-old penis would have more more energy though. Yeah. Here, here's a nine-year-old nine? penis. Yeah. yeah that- okay. Nine-year-old penis shakes like that. <laughs> Great radio, Ian. Um, <laughs> Do you want to see a 15-year-old this is turning into the creepiest podcast ever. All right. Welcome to the McSauce Comics Penis Shaking Podcast. We had one final encounter with greatness. That we didn't even realize was greatness until... That we didn't, yeah, that we didn't realize was as great as it was until we were on the ride home. Right. Until we were an hour, and a, an hour or so, so into our next, trip home. Next to Ethan Van Skyver was an artist named Billy Martin. I had never heard of Billy Martin before, but Billy Martin works on one of IDW's Ninja Turtles books. The the animated, the one that's based on the animated series, so it has that look to his, it. His, personally, I love his work. I love uh, an animation style. That's you know kind of what I do for my prints. And like Billy Martin's artwork is fantastic. Matt bought a couple pieces. He bought a Harry Potter and a Nightmare Before Christmas piece. They look amazing. So going up to Billy Martin. Um, we were Matt and I were pretty much just like, oh, hey man, your artwork's really cool. You know what are you doing? Oh, I work in Ninja Turtles. Um, I have this creator-owned book, and uh, we were like, oh, this is you know really neat artist working in, working in the biz. And we talked to him a little bit about you know, artwork and what he likes doing. And we asked, we were like, hey, you know, you want um, would you mind sitting down for an interview at some point? He was like, yeah, you want me to come over there? Should I come over there? Um, <clears throat> We wound up missing him uh, before he left. We didn't have time to uh, to to gather with him, but we're gonna try to do it in Baltimore. But while we were over there talking with yeah, he's gonna be in Baltimore. He's from September. Baltimore. So while we were talking with Billy Martin, um, a gaggle of girls comes up and they're giddy, giddy. And they're like patting, their hands are over their mouths yeah, and shaking. And they're, and they're patting their their hearts. Oh. And this one girl's like, oh my god, I came here all the way to see you. I can't believe I meet you. This is the highlight of my weekend. This is amazing. And then other girls are doing that. And he, Billy Martin, comes out from on the table. And she's like, oh my god, can I have a hug? Can I have a hug for me? And I'm, so can I take I'm looking at Paul the whole time like, I mean, this is like nice artwork, but holy crap, girls, like, take a pill. And I'm, I'm like, this Ninja Turtles book must be killer in, in the you know early 20s crowd. So, like, girls come up, they want 
pictures and hugs and you know they're having heart palpitations over Billy Martin and we're like wow it's, this guy man it's something something about him so then later later on uh, like Matt and I are talking so, spoiler alert Matt and I are talking and Matt's like this guy has well, hold 40 I, I was guy. before that I was on Twitter and I was on Ethan Van yeah. Skyver's Twitter and he's got like 7500 Twitter followers and you know I'm just kind of going through all the people that we met looking at their Twitter on the way home and then I go to Billy Martin's and he's got 48,000 followers well, you told on me Twitter. that when we were still at the con. You were like, Oh, did I? He has, you were like, Billy Martin has oh, 48,000 I, I did say that. But followers. Then it, so I was thinking, well, if Billy Martin has 48, Ethan Van Skyver must have like 90,000. Right, right, right. Because comic artists, how well I know them, and then Matt's like, no, Ethan Van Skyver has like 75. And I'm like, well, what? Like, who the fuck is this Billy Martin guy? Who is he, Matt? He is the guitarist and keyboard player for a small little musical outfit known as Good Charlotte. <laughs> what? What? We I'm were... a big Good Charlotte fan. I like Good Charlotte. I don't know why. Dude, yeah, once, I once Matt told me that, it was like all the, all the pieces fit. Everything came into focus. All the crazy girls... The you know the fandom the twiddle the tw- twiddle <laughs> maybe it, maybe it wasn't my you know Ethan Van Skyver nervousness maybe I just can't are speak you nervous that I'm here is that what the thing well is? I haven't seen you in so long I know right I'm like a celebrity yeah and then everything came into focus about you know Billy Martin's star shining so brightly yep. and it's unfair that a guy is so talented in the artwork field and he can also play in a legit band yeah good charlotte had some really huge albums in the early 2000s i've seen billy martin play a few billy martin was in my opinion the the most fun guy to talk to i I would say out of the three artists that we spoke to between ethan van skyver rob liefeld and billy martin i i like talking to billy martin because i felt like he was more on my level in terms of just being a regular guy talking about artwork and you know he was saying that you know he was working on this creator own book also put out by IDW where he co-wrote it with his brother-in-law and uh, it's called vitriol and he said it was the first thing that he ever did in sequential art and he was talking about how like it was this incredible learning experience for him because you know he would draw comic book characters and um you know they when you draw like heroes and stuff they're always in these cool dynamic poses well try drawing sequential art he's like you got to draw people from behind he's like i don't know how to draw somebody's back so he said look at page one of this trade paperback and then look at the last page and you can just see how good i got like or he didn't say how good i got but he said how much better i got this guy was really humble and, yeah, what, uh, what was really neat about Billy Martin was that it was all about the artwork. Matt and I had no idea. The fact that he didn't go to, oh, <clears throat> by the way, I am this this huge you, rock star. Right, you he would, was the artist who drew for You would never know. And like Matt and I, who had no idea, he was the guitarist, keyboardist from Good Charlotte. We were like, oh, this guy's just an artist. Because that's, that's who he was that weekend. He was... Right. Comic book artist. But he totally unassuming, 
totally humble, totally genuine. Like he was absolute pleasure to me. How how blessed are some people that they can transition from one extremely talented thing to the next. I can't think of a whole lot of people. You know, Todd McFarlane is one of those guys. He 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 played minor league baseball, um, almost went pro, and on top of it, he is a very savvy businessman, businessman, and most importantly, he's an incredible comic book artist. Then Gerard you got Way, super successful with My who, Chemical Romance, really successful comic book writer. Bruce Dickinson, one of the greatest heavy metal singers of all time. Oh, by the way, he's also an Olympic caliber fencing uh, <laughs> That's champion. That's so crazy. And, That's so nuts. And on top of that, oh, he flies 747s for his like regular job. Well, anyone can do that. John Travolta can do that. Deion Sanders, football player, baseball player, rapper. Enough said. Shaquille O'Neal, basketball player, actor. <laughs> great, great gold bond pitch man icy hot and on that note I think that about covers Wizard World Philadelphia 2015 Dom do you have any parting words do you have any last things you'd like to get in tonight no Paul amazing time like I had such a good trip I thought going into it I was like I'm gonna be with Matt for four straight days. I've been with Dom for lengthy periods of time. Matt and I have never spent so much time shoulder to shoulder together. That's true. And it was, I had such a good time. It was so much fun. You know, we got to have all the highs and lows together, the Ethan Van Skyvers and the Rob Liefelds. <laughs> It, it was just such an amazing time. We bought t-shirts together. We um, did. I am wearing my t-shirt. Yeah. I love this t-shirt, by the Meeting way. Meeting everyone we met. It's it's really tiring at a convention, being on all the time, trying to push the product. But meeting all the different people that come come across the tables, so much fun. And Philly's such a big show. It's It was un, unparalleled. Yeah, we had a real, we had a lot of good conversation with a lot of people. Unfortunately, we didn't get all their names and everything. Yeah, but so there were a lot of really cool people that even still just spent just even, a couple people just walked up, look at the work, and just like fantastic artwork. Yeah, huge, and then would just walk away. Just people just randomly everyone. come up and giving you compliments, and just people just just spending five minutes out of there, knowing that you've got half the convention is there to buy your T-shirts. Your action figures, That's right. um, I, I got back issues and everything. Your Just shoddy people. swords of omens. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, but it was it was a great it was a great time. Thanks to everyone who stopped by the table and bought something and liked our Facebook page. Yeah, thanks to everyone who liked the Facebook page. We thanks appreciate to everyone who more than you listened to the podcast for the first time. Hope you stick around. Matt, final comments. Thanks to everyone that stopped over at the table. Um, you really made four days in Philadelphia a real a real pleasure. Um, it, hopefully, we can come back next year. I think the experience was, you know, definitely warrants another another go around in the city of brotherly love. Hopefully, next time we can bring Sharply with us if he doesn't puss out like he always does. Maybe we'll see. Everybody. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how those PayPal donations go. <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see. But until then. We'll see you next week, and next week we're going to talk about another convention, one that Sharply might have one or two things to say about. Are hey, I'll be there. Sci-Fi Valley Con, Altoona, Pennsylvania, middle of the state. 
Blair um, County Convention Blair Center. Blair County Convention Center. That's Come out this, and see us. This Friday the 15th through uh, Sunday the 18th. Back-to-back ponds, double dipping. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Resting up this week. Get ready to bring my A game. I'm well rested. I'll be there. Excited. Sharp, we know you're well rested. Sharply is going to have all kinds of energy. However, don't come Friday night expecting to see Ian Sharply. He can't make it until Saturday, folks. I might be there for the donations. last couple hours. I'm coming straight from work. Okay, we'll see. Special guest Ian Sharply for tonight's podcast. Thanks to special guest Dominic Yossi. Thank you. Thanks, Dom. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharply. Matt Cassell. We'll see you next time. Thing. I'm staying. No, with, we have one room. Yeah, I'm going to sleep on the ground. Um, yes, you are. <laughs>